Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, back at it. Fresh off the holiday weekend, Monday morning is here. It is November 29th, 2021. And my goodness, we've got a late season or a late in the year cargo shorts warning today. Big time and cargo Thursday. shorts warning. What, Thursday as well? Another one on Thursday. Probably Wednesday too. Oh, wow. If we're being honest here, maybe Friday uh, oh, as yeah, well. Yeah. Wow. Shoot. I hadn't went that far ahead. Yeah. Did you just call for cargo shorts at the NCAA tournament game against uh, the Camels? By the way, they keep it about 82 at Devaney during those <laughs> games anyway. I learned the hard way a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so that's always a cargo yeah, shorts Yeah, I would probably. I mean, you got a long walk there at the Devaney grounds, but this is nice if, you can, uh, if you've got nice enough weather that you can work the cargo shorts in. Uh, hope everybody had a good, safe Thanksgiving weekend. I spent... Mind doing two things, eating and unsuccessfully putting up Christmas lights. That's pretty much it. Oh, and feeling sorry for myself about sports. Three things. That's it. I was going to say, pretty much, how much were you defending yourself that, to in-laws? That's pretty much all. I, well, I did actually see my in-laws, so that's that's coming later. Um, but yeah, it, it, those were the three things I did. I, I feel like I need to take a week off from eating. Uh, that would be a good choice for me health-wise at this point and just sort of comfort-wise. But my goodness. So I, I've got that. Then I, uh, uh, then I spent all of the day yesterday trying to get my uh trying to get my lights up and then for some reason I've set up so much uh, I mean it's not like my my house is like Clark Griswolded out or something it's a fairly modest amount of christmas lights but I've somehow set up a system where I'm tripping the the uh uh the ground uh ground fault every single time would you say in, you in were in my bathroom so I don't know what I'm going to do Perhaps rigging up the lights. Rigging up the lights. <laughs> oh my gosh! I introduced my. Now why aren't they working? I introduced my family, my kids to that song, and now it's like we are quoting it constantly. <laughs> Sending Christmas cards. Hangovers. <laughs> Tis the season. By the way, question. Yeah. Has there been a decision on? Fridays? Yeah. No, it's coming back. We are we are in oh, yeah. a week of this. We, now, we haven't decided what we're doing exactly. But so yes. how come the news department wasn't notified of this? <laughs> I'm sorry. We tried to, <laughs> should have broke into, your, broke into your programming over there to let you know. No, it was a major topic on the show for, uh, for a couple of days, like a month ago. Right? Mark doesn't pay attention. I don't, to are you listening to here? the show? We got a show going on here. We're he's talking he's about working in there. He's staying busy. Yeah, we, we decided. We had a poll, right? We had a Oh, that's right. But I don't remember how it came out. Well, it came out that we're keeping it, oh. and we're bringing it back this week. I'm telling you right now. So, uh, we, I, it probably will be some sort of holiday themed on Friday. I think holiday novelty songs. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> or, or is the first one just? Whatever you've wanted to hear because you haven't had request line that Friday. Could be, in several maybe months? we do that. Maybe we do that. I don't know. We'll decide here in the next day or we two. We got to make that decision by Wednesday so that yep. we can have a post up for people. Yep. yep. 
But yes, request line Friday is back. <laughs> and we may have to have a couple of days to find some of the stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, it's the end of a lot of eras here with the end of football season, the end of the, the tailgate show for this year, uh, the end of Fantasy Huskers, so no more answering phones here. Hey, you didn't you didn't finish last in uh, the Friday Husker I pa- tailgate. Wow, it passed Jessica up. All right. Yeah, it right. only took her taking like two weeks off for <laughs> you to pass her. Completely like, good job. Not I feel. <laughs> and, and I'm going to be honest, it's not so much that I don't want to do those things anymore but man the end of this football season is um it was needed for me i needed i i i can't do it this is the worst groundhog day over and over and over again uh, ever when it comes to sports and so i look forward listen <laughs> uh, and listen when it comes around when it's next july and august i'm going to be I'm going to be ready for it. I'll be psyched. I'll be I'll be talking about this is the longest off season ever. All of those things, but man, do I need some time away from Husker football? And it maybe needs some time away from me. And well, I understand that. As I wrote for the very first line of my game recap, predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I, uh, I I told Mark this morning, I told some other folks over the weekend, it wasn't even like a merciful end. It wasn't even a hey, this is done quickly, and you guys can just. Resign yourselves to the fact that this is the last football game, and you're going to go into the off season with a loss. We got through three quarters in twenty-one. Like, like Iowa, let us just have all of the hope, all of the hope as far as you could into the end of the season. Yep. I, at one point, I texted my wife. I was at the game, and she was she was home and doing some shopping and stuff. And I texted her the uh, "It's happening" gif from the office. <laughs> And it wasn't. And then that you, was a mistake. And then you had a hee-haw moment. Then I had a hee-haw moment. That's, that's I, a pretty I think well. Brendan Stye actually told us that's going to be the new third quarter, between third and fourth quarter song. <laughs> With the fire and With stuff? With the fire that'd and be everything. Nice. That'd, be, that'd be a nice touch. <laughs> hey, Husker Nation, get on your feet right now. Let's go. Spare me. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up pretty well, Mark. Pretty much sums it up. I'm just trying to do my part. <laughs> we'll uh, cheer you. Now we you're pro- doing it well. Here's a there's a good chance you hear today or or in the next couple of days m- more about Nebraska's coaching staff going forward, um, and so we'll have that little bit of news here before we put a wrap on this season. But yeah, it's um, it, it's time it's time for everybody to. Time for a little... Have some time away. little tournament volleyball action in town. Now yes. that, yes. We yes. got the NCAA bracket last night. Nebraska will open at home. The, so, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how much it matters, but Nebraska obviously got screwed on the seating, given that Purdue is like five spots ahead of them, and Nebraska just destroyed them on Saturday night, but whatever. Right. And is ahead of them in the standings, but whatever. Purdue's uh, also beaten Wisconsin. Yeah, like, like you know the, who they didn't beat ever this year? Nebraska. 0-2. Yeah. 0-2. Whatever. It, you got to... I'm not sure. Here's the thing. I like this draw for Nebraska. D- do you? Yes. Okay, I want to see what... I was interested to hear what you said and, and Baylor said 
Why? Because you're on the different side than Wisconsin? Yeah, so first of all, that, that was the thing that we talked about on Husker Hour. What do you do as soon as this bracket comes out? Where are you in relation to Wisconsin? And I decided to look it up where you are in relation to Nebraska's. Uh, they had seven losses, but lost to six teams this this year. You would not see five of them until the championship match. And only, I believe, Utah is the only other one that you would see Utah. And they you would BYU see in the final four. Two. They play BYU in round two. So, so you're yeah. most likely not even going to see Utah anyway. So you would not see any of the teams you lost to over the course of this season until the finals. But... You do have you well, do have Texas well, on your Texas side. and Kentucky on your side, right? Defending national champs, so well, and the defending we'll national see. champs had had a number of folks not yeah. not yep. come back, um, yep. and and you've got a completely different team than what you even had in the, during that non conference right. season. I think this is a very favorable draw because one, you you can see Texas right there, you know that's coming up, um, and I think that gives a little bit more fuel to this team, and then once you. Once you start to look ahead, you go, who's the team that has given Nebraska the most issues over the last few seasons? And it's that Wisconsin group, those Wisconsin seniors. And you don't have to worry about them until the championship match. So there's a lot setting up well for this Nebraska volleyball team. So uh, if you missed it, they'll start at home. They'll get home this weekend before they go on the road. Uh, and they'll play Campbell first. And do we have a time for that yet? That's at 7, seven on Friday. Okay, 7 on, on Friday. Then Florida the State. The Camels out of the Big South. And the other two teams are Florida State and Kansas State. and Nebraska play... opened the season beating Kansas State. Oh, that's right. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> okay, that's right. So, uh, And they'll face one of those two teams if they beat Campbell on, on Saturday. Right. And uh, then they would move on and likely go to, let's see, uh, they'd probably go on the road then for round two, round three and four, correct? Well, they, I think they'd head down to Texas. Is it tex- is, Did they play Texas first? I didn't know if it was Texas until the final four, and I was looking at this last night, and then I uh, ended up, okay, that, you're probably right. They would play Texas in the uh, the final eight. Before they get to the final four, that's probably what it is. Yeah, because you would go these first two rounds, one and two at Nebraska, mm-hmm. one two, and then you would go to. Uh, would you go to? No, I don't think. Oh, I didn't think it was gosh. Texas until later in the tournament. Oh, we'd probably go to Kentucky, Kentucky. then. Yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky. I think that's what it is. So you, you both think that uh, the this team is. About peaking at the right time, mentally and uh, yeah, and physically. I mean, they're, they're, you were a little critical of Coach Cook early in the season. Well, Jack, I wouldn't but, say critical. Um, uh, well, yeah, all right, but uh, you were questioning. I didn't get what he was doing with the lineup, but no. But then I also I said, thought, I, okay, yeah, I, I looked. We would have to go to Kentucky, um, and or if someone beats Kentucky, Nebraska gets to host it. Ooh, who's in? Is that Washington's in that one? Right. Um, that one that is group? Kentucky is playing Southeast Missouri State, and the other side of theirs is West Virginia, Illinois. Oh, okay. Let's go Big Ten. So then if, if Kentucky gets beat, it's back here? It goes to the uh, the highest national seat, I believe. Which would be us. Wow. So we could have several. That'd be nice. Um, and if someone upsets Texas, it just stays here. Yes, to answer your, your question, Mark, I think that was the plan the whole long is, the time along is to get them peaking at the right time. And I do think that is, uh, that's happening. You know, I still dropped that one to Wisconsin this weekend. Took the first set, though, uh, on I the felt road. really good. They, they hit over 400 yeah. in that first set. But they looked, I mean, they looked really good against Purdue. On Saturday night, coming off that loss, I thought so. I mean, the defense, Lexi Rodriguez is ridiculous. That, that was all she kinds of dream crush. Ridiculous. Season. That uh, I mean, I 
she wears that scrunchie and she looks so like <laughs> non-threatening and she is ridiculous. Like, she just walks around with a smile on her face right. and you're like, oh cool, we're just going to hammer this to the back row at all times. Right. And then she runs and just hits everything up. Yeah. Um, I'm curious when, when we do talk with JB tomorrow, does he think, where, where's Lexi Rodriguez going to be when you have the all-conference stuff come out? Because we know uh, she's going to be on the all-conference freshman team. Right. It, is she going to make like the all-conference team, yep. first or second? She's question. very, very good. Everybody's healthy now, aren't they? I mean, yep. there, there's no yeah. significant yep. injuries. Right, sure. correct. So, so yeah, you've got, you've got every, everyone healthy, and they've got a, a week to just get get everything feeling right before... And being at home is, I mean, not having to travel to to start this has got to be a benefit. Oh, yeah, it's always a benefit. You're, absolutely. You're, you're play, playing house. in front of your fans. and Hey, yeah. hey, uh, hey Mark, real quick, uh, I, I did hear your story, but um, so it, this thing yesterday on, yeah. what, 56 and Pine Lake Road was a road rage incident? Started as a road rage and just happened to end up in that hotel parking lot. I uh, believe it's the residence inn, I believe. Oh, my gosh, I am there. Three times a week. And uh, it just happened to end up in the parking lot there. 19-year-old from Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, has been arrested. Uh, but it was a road rage incident. The uh, victim shot twice, according to reports, but is in uh, stable condition with non-life-threatening injuries. So oh, I, I mean, wonder what happened. Holy well, cow. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we, we hope to get more. This was the preliminary, and when I talked to... Uh, the duty command uh, this morning that's what they have officially and of course there's a lot of information coming in we hope to have more uh, briefing like how does that morning. happen exactly some you're, you're yelling at each other on the road then you pull into there and one follows the other or they say hey come on over here we're gonna fight at the residence inn or well it, it, the the age difference is is what kind of surprised me the the we we haven't got it confirmed but the scanner reports that it was a 68 year old man who was shot and a 19-year-old suspect arrested. So, my goodness, this is kind of a strange one. And then, of course, we got a lot more information Saturday from the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office on that officer involved yeah. shooting last Wednesday. That was part of the Lincoln Lancaster County Narcotics Task Force um, following up on a Crime Stoppers tip. So, okay. and that that led to that that and that the person who was shot there is in critical condition. Yes, correct? he was shot so, once in the neck and still in critical condition. But the Pine Lake 56 one is not looking like life-threatening, No, correct? stable, Good. non-life-threatening right. condition. Um, oh, and then there's Omicron. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but this is the new variant, and uh, they found yep. in South Africa. It's now other places, but it, 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 it sounds like nobody knows yet if this is a big deal or well, not. The, the health... Uh, the, Top health official in South Africa has come out and said, you know, the world's making a lot to do about this, but it's not nearly as, uh, as it, it just the, the effects of it are not nearly as severe as, as people are and making there, it out to be. There have been some variants that have been that way, too. Right. Um, like beta before Delta and, and that sort of thing. Uh, hopefully that is the case and we can try and move out of this stinking thing. Holy cow. Well. It, it's probably going to be here ad infinitum. Well, better than it is now, I guess, yes. is, is what I... And, and or our reactions and or our responses. Exactly. All right. That is it for your uh, opening segment. We're going to grab a break. Caleb's got more detail in sports. Got your sound off. 
coming up in 10 minutes, a little bit later in the show. Tim Rosa and Dirk Chatlin, 625 on KLIN. Save time on shopping this holiday season by visiting the Holiday Market at KLIN.com for up to 50% off many of your favorite local businesses. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. What? I'm, I'm not answering the phone like a madman? Caller 13, sorry. Oh, it's over. But by the way, you know, people were worried when we did the final week of... Uh, Oh, we should probably give our winner. Yeah, final week where we did the longest field goal made. They were like, well, hey, Jack, what if if there isn't a field goal made? I was like, oh, don't worry. Iowa's in this game. There will be field goals made. A, because their offense seems to lead to a lot of field goals. And B, because every time they kick a field goal against Nebraska, it's not only good, it splits the exact midpoint of the uprights every time. Like they're, they're, they're the most perfect, beautiful-looking field goals, and it makes me furious. <laughs> no, I mean, it also even... it also didn't take very long to get our uh, fantasy Huskers winner on what the longest was going to be. He was like, "Oh, maybe they'll kick like a thirty-five yarder, then a forty-three, then maybe late in the game they'll line up for a really long one." No, hit a fifty-one yarder off the bat. Oh, is that was it that far? Right I didn't off even the realize bat. it straight down the middle would have been good from sixty. And our uh, longest picker. Ron said 51. So he nailed it. Ended the game. Ended the game right off the bat, (laughs) huh? I didn't even realize that. So congratulations, Ron. You are the final uh, winner of the staycation package from Cornhusker Marriott, from Valentino's, and Adventure Golf. So we will get Ron his prizes, and uh, thank everyone for playing. This year, another successful year of Fantasy Huskers. Thanks a lot to those sponsors as well for providing that uh, staycation package. Enjoy your nights at the Cornhusker Marriott and your pizza and your golf. Uh, By the way, Adventure Golf, uh, talked to them a couple of months ago. You got some big plans for spring of 2022. Bit little expansion there out there at uh, at 56th and Highway 2. So keep, I guess, uh, 56th and uh, Old Cheney. So... Just a little, just a little heads up to be looking for that here in the spring of 2022. But anyway, big thanks to everybody for being a part of that, and uh, we move on from fantasy Oscars. What are we going to talk about now? What have we've got? It's Omicron time. Oh god, another variant. Yeah. This time, um, the news started with it being in South Africa. Um, and it's already spread around. I mean, this is it's going to be everywhere eventually. It seems uh-huh. sort of inevitable, no matter travel bans or or otherwise. But nonetheless, let's let's start with that and uh, just get the some of the background here on this variant, what we know about it. President Biden holding an emergency meeting last night on the new COVID variant. His two cases are confirmed in Canada. Biden's White House health team saying they need another two weeks to gather data on the variant. But a U.S. travel ban on eight African nations takes effect today after cases were confirmed in South Africa and Botswana. Nearly a dozen countries already confirming cases of Omicron and experts say Biden's travel ban will not stop the variant from reaching the U.S. Health officials also say there's no reason to fear the vaccines would be ineffective against Omicron. Okay. So... Is it Omicron or Omicron? Omicron. Uh, I think she said... I got another clip on it. We'll see how Grinnell Scott pronounces it. But um, but 
bottom line is, well, we don't know much yet at this point. Everybody's kind of urging calm and not freak out about this whole thing. Uh, there is a travel ban, but like she said, this has got to be. It, I mean, that's too little, too late for something like this. It's gonna have you're gonna have a really hard time just keeping it contained to one area. But there have been, you know, the the, the Delta variant turned out to be more contagious, but it didn't seem to have uh, be more severe. It did not seem to be any more vaccine resistant than mm-hmm. original strains. There were other strains of of uh, of COVID that kind of died off and and never really became a dominant strain or, or an issue. And so which of these things will Omicron be? It's it's too early to tell here. They say they hope they're going to know more in a uh, in a couple of weeks. Let's get some uh, some more on this from uh, Gernal Scott. What is known is that this new variant has many more mutations and can quickly spread. As for how dangerous it can be to those vaccinated or not, head of the National Institutes of Health, Dr. Francis Collins, said on Fox News Sunday. The initial cases were mostly young people who tend to have mild infections in Anyway, we need more data there before we could say confidently that this is not a severe version of the virus. He says with field and lab studies, they should have that answer in at least two weeks. Gernal Scott, Fox News. And that was always one of the one of the concerns uh, as the virus stays around um, is that you're going to eventually develop a mutation of this that would either be more severe or or more resistant to vaccines and so hopefully that's not this one here and we continue to make progress getting vaccinations and uh and stopping the virus from actually spreading around uh all right what else do we have going on hey you know what today is guys it's finally the day you've spent the whole weekend i'm sure offline oh just waiting for not right not on the world wide web until you can open up your office door in the next hour or so, and for the first time, log in to the internet so you can make some online purchases. That's why we have today Cyber Monday. It, it, Fire it's up that probably web been for some of you since Wednesday afternoon, since you've quote logged on. <laughs> You're making this sound like 1999 <laughs> so much www.amazon.com uh, see i would like it we we want to make sure we're doing this secure so https colon slash slash www i mean listen i'm fine if you're giving me deals but the the Cyber Monday was Cyber Monday because of that very reason. <laughs> because people had high speed internet at work and nowhere else, and they got back there on Monday and they started doing some uh, doing some shopping online. At that point, uh, we now mostly have high speed internet in the in our pants, if you will. Well, I mean, I do at least. A weird way to say that, though. But yes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> we should have. Never mind. Uh, so, uh, where are we getting the good deals here? What's going on today for the big 
Cyber Monday. Whether you bought gifts in person on Friday or at a local non-chain retailer this past weekend, or you'll point and click for deals today, you're likely going after a number of gadgets and stuff to buy your family or maybe yourself. Some of the more popular items include budget-priced LED TVs with picture-quality rivaling marquee brands and dog collars with cellular and GPS trackers. And, of course, look for promo codes and free shipping offers. Eben Brown, Fox News. I have not been in a... I'm kind of... Um, I wish I needed a new TV. The prices on TV... Man! I know. The prices on TVs are just ridiculous. We just don't need a new one right now. I know. I don't, I don't either. And I know... I really don't, and I got... Uh, yeah. They're talking about the dog collars, and I, I know it's so that you can track them. But where are we at on the dog collar being a mobile hotspot, too. Ooh. <laughs> get, get out to the dog park, and you're like, hey, yeah, we're going to grab the Wi-Fi going on here. We're going to name our dog Belkin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't... I don't uh, has anybody, you'll have to text me and let me know, have you run into shopping, like Christmas gift-wise shopping, into supply chain things? I mean, it seems like every commercial, every Black Friday, Cyber Monday type deal around is selling Apple AirPods and, mm-hmm. you know, smartwatches and I was I was considering getting a, one of the, those, like, fireplace, those little gate things that go out in front of it. And when I looked them up, the one that I wanted was, uh, it was it had Nebraska on the front, and it said it wouldn't ship until January. So I was like, okay, I'm not really going to get that, but that's it. And, but I also haven't, I haven't looked online for a lot of shopping. Like, a, did anyone even go Black Friday shopping? Did anyone even do any shopping all weekend? My, my, uh, it was not my in my did. world. My wife did. Hey, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I, the the it, on all on all sides of my family right now like 80% of the conversation when it is about christmas gifts yeah okay like oh man what is this person you know what do we get this person here's what are you thinking here's what we have for the all, all of those sorts of things i'll be honest i like to start thinking about that on about december 19th <laughs> i can't engage i cannot engage well with my family on super early Christmas present talk, and I, I just I can't I can't do it. So well, it's super fun with a one year old. Hey, what does Millie need? I don't know. And like diapers, things to chew clothes? on. I know it's super exciting for a one year old to get clothes, but that'd be helpful. And then she they like growing. the box better than anything. Oh, else. she loves boxes. Right. Anytime we get we get diapers, we have to leave those boxes out because she pushes them all over. Right. Or when my because I uh, my sister asked me, well. Well, what does Megan want? I was like, she would like wine. What kind of wine? The kind with alcohol, if, if you could. That that would be the preferable one. All right. Like just answering everyone's questions oh, yeah. about what the, the, everyone the amount, else wants. Just the amount of talk. <laughs> the amount of gift talk is it's stifling. All right, what else do we have uh, going on today? Oh, here's one thing you may want to think twice about getting... For your loved one for Christmas. This used to be something that I really associate with Christmas because my grandmother, my late grandmother, uh, she used to put together stockings for all the grandkids that we would get mm-hmm. on, on Christmas. And, I mean, Santa put them together. Um, but but 
one of the things that were in them was little mini, for all the boys, was little mini bottles of Brute and Old Spice aftershave. Brute. Yeah, Brute and Old Spice. Oh, that is And so I'm about, I'm like, I'm like nine years old and I, you know, that, that, uh, that part of Home Alone when Macaulay Culkin puts it on and he screams, (laughs) I would do that. I I would load up the Old Spice and put it all over my neck and I was like, hey, oh yeah. Well, bad news. There's a, uh, there's a recall on Old Spice. Old Spice, high endurance spray, Old Spice below deck powder spray, secret aerosol powder fresh, and many others are being yanked off store shelves. The antiperspirants found to contain benzene. That chemical can cause blood disorders and cancers like leukemia. But the maker of the products, Procter & Gamble, said daily exposure to the levels of benzene in their products aren't expected to cause adverse health consequences. The Food and Drug Administration said you can get a refund if you bought any of the products. For a full list of what's affected by the recall, do a search on FDA and Old Spice. Jill Nato, Fox News. Yeah, you know what? Now now that I think about it, I I think I'm going to get my... A uh, big gift for my son this year is just going to be like a, a Costco-sized bottle of Brut. <laughs> I realize hey. this is enough for an entire football team, but for you? I still like that smell. I don't care. I like that smell. Both of them. The old, the old spice in the white glass bottle. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, so many people think of their dads and twisting that little thing off the top. Oh, yeah. Well, go get some brute right now. I, I just I don't use aftershave. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't really. Neither of us really. Sh- I, like, we don't I, actually I, shave. We I just trim. trim our beards. <laughs> I know. I just want to. Sm- I'll put it on my beard. Whatever. Is that the biggest evolution for for men over the last couple decades? People not shaving as much, and yeah. just a lot more people just absolutely trim, trimmers. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That's been very different. But I do miss that feeling. I do miss that moment of of shaving with a blade, and then. That, that's kind of that good pain. That little searing pain. It feels, going, like, it feels like a breath mint for your skin. It's nice. <laughs> Just bleeding everywhere, but man, it oh, feels good. Yeah, that's a problem. That I don't miss. <laughs> man, every dang time I'd nick myself. Every time. It's like I literally I didn't do anything. I, know, I can't even feel it, and there's blood just pouring out of your face. <laughs> And then you'll and then you'll have of course if you're shaving with a blade maybe you don't all the time it's cuz you got you know you have an event or you have to look like for me I've got to like MC something and then of course you put put the little piece of toilet paper on oh, yeah. it to hold it hold it there and you think okay I let it I let it sit there for t- half hour that should be good and you take it off and it's still bleeding. And it just reopens the wound oh, and it's God. like well Sweeney Todd yeah. was here again See now I'm glad now I'm glad I've been sticking with the beard <laughs> Uh, here's a uh, here's a lawsuit to keep an eye on this holiday season. The folks at Peloton. Uh, by the way, remember what Peloton? Everybody's talking about Peloton because that commercial that around so Christmas. Funny, and now everyone's just now everybody's just getting them. It seems like. Uh, speaking of things that cost a lot of money, uh, and uh, Lululemon. Are you familiar with Lululemon? Yeah, I'm not, but I wasn't before I heard this. But evidently, they're about to. Uh, they're a big deal. They're about to go to court. Peloton is suing Lululemon. The exercise equipment maker wants a court to rule it is not infringed on any of Lululemon's patents. The lawsuit is in response to an earlier threat made by the yoga pants maker. Lululemon is accusing Peloton of ripping off its clothing line style as Peloton works to expand beyond just exercise equipment. The suit was filed in New York 
Park this week after Peloton rolled out a massive marketing blitz behind its own apparel line. Tom Graham, Fox News. Uh, so if the... Uh you know, if the $5,000 bike and the $400 monthly subscription wasn't enough for you, you you now can get some $90 pants to wear while you use that whole thing. And they might, uh, might be exactly like the Lululemons. Last but not least, uh, holiday weekend, a very big movie weekend. Usually, how did it go this weekend at the box office? Two genres that have been particularly battered by the pandemic, family movies and adult dramas, got a lift this Thanksgiving holiday weekend. We must protect our home. We must protect our family. Encanto led the box office with $27 million over the weekend and $40.3 million across the five-day holiday frame. The result was the best opening for an animated movie during the pandemic. Ghostbusters Afterlife came in at number Number two with twenty four and a half million, and at number three, the Lady Gaga led House of Gucci from director Ridley Scott debuted with fourteen point two million over the three day weekend and twenty one point eight million across five days, and that too was among the best performances for an adult drama. Salji and Grasso, Fox News. I think I want to see that House of Gucci movie. I mean, just the cast is really good. Well, also because. Because I haven't watched a whole bunch of previews, so yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't. So, so I'm, I'm not, I probably saw the trailer once, but I but, just. When I see an article say whose fake Italian accent was best, ranked best to watch, hey. I'm like, you know what? I want to see this just so I can see I if my own ranking would I want up. to see it and compare it to mine. Yeah. Hey, it's a me. If, it's a Mario. And I'm wearing the Gucci. If, huh? if they're saying that uh, about those actors, maybe I do have some hope here, right? I went to college at Rutgers, huh? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just the cast is fascinating to me. <laughs> I have no idea what it's really That's about. So bad. The clothing dynasty. I, don't I know. probably. All right. All right. Let's take a break. It is six fifty-four. You are listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Be Foster. You're listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on fourteen hundred and ninety-nine-three KLIN. By the way, I think we're moving forward with our plans for my all-star caroling. Yeah, I I I think that is. I have to ask Mark. We got the bus. Hopefully, cleaned it well after Iowa football players uh, rode in it. But yeah, I've got it on my calendar. Thursday, December sixth. I got a. That's that's next week. It, it, no, it's not next week. December sixteenth. Sorry. Oh, I was like, what? Thursday, December sixteenth. Did I say sixth? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's Thursday, December 16th. Okay. This is two weeks from this coming Thursday. But assuming we got the bus, I'm going to fill that bus with quality singers, and then we're just going to drive around the city of Lincoln and, like, flash mob style sort of Absolutely. S- singing. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and so if, if you're uh, interested in that, I think we actually even have a spot on the website where you can uh, where you can let us know that you might be interested in that whole thing. Yeah, we do. KLIN.com, the all-star caroling. And, by the way, it being Cyber Monday, uh, go to part of your online shopping you want to uh you want to support local well uh we want you to klin.com and you log on to the holiday market and they now have a whole bunch of deals up to 50 percent off from the local companies and i'm just pulling them up right now greenfields maize gourmet popcorn and ice cream uh charm boutique and bar Southside car wash make it take it uh, Harbor Coffee House, High Society Cheesecake, Da Vinci's, Rise and Shine Boutique, Piedmont Bistro Venue. Um, right now are the ones that are that are listed on there, and then you can click on each of those businesses if that might be something uh, that you've got 
somebody you're going to give a gift to, they'd be interested in, you can click there and uh, get some nice deals on gift certificates there. Always a nice option, so go to KLIN.com and then click on Holiday Market on the banner, or you can just do KLIN.com slash Holiday Market. All right, during the 7 o'clock hour, uh, Caleb and I are going to talk a little bit about the uh, aftermath of the Nebraska football season now that it is over. It's not going to be a slow news week, we don't think, when it comes to Nebraska football whatsoever, though. Um, Probably as soon as in the next few hours. Uh, But we'll kind of break down exactly what we still have to learn what the biggest questions about the initial days and weeks of the postseason will be uh, and how they're going to impact into next season as well. So we'll get into that just a little bit here in the next few minutes. Uh, Also, later in the show, we'll cut down the five things people are going to be talking about today with your morning drive. Eight o'clock hour, we will talk Nebraska news and politics with Tim Ruzik getting closer and closer to that legislative season. So we'll talk to him about that and more. And then Dirk Chatlin from the Omaha World Herald is going to join us as well to talk, I'm sure, Nebraska football and other Nebraska sports as well. So that's all coming up right now in the capital city. Still a little chilly out there. 40 degrees, but we are looking at a high of 72 today, and it's looking good for the next several days. Tuesday, 58, Wednesday, 69, Thursday, 72, Friday, 64. A nice week as we get into the month of December. It's 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. All right, it is 7-12 on this Monday morning, November 29th, 2021. As uh, we get into the uh, first full week after Thanksgiving, I, I was I was taking a look at this. We had a conversation about this last night, kind of the length of Christmas or Advent season, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, because it can be. There are some years that it can be uh, it can be a lot longer than other years. So the earliest Thanksgiving can occur is November twenty second. The latest that it can occur is November 28th. This year, it occurred on Thursday, November 25th. So this is smack dab in the middle yeah, of you, how long that season can be. You're hitting average. Yep, you're at, you're doing exactly that. And like, and then if you like, if you look at next year, next year it hits on the 24th, which is the second latest it can be. So you're going to have the sh- almost the shortest possible season between November and Christmas this year. But it's a uh, it's an it's an average one here with the, those things. And and then the other thing I always think is interesting is uh, the days on which holidays fall. You're on you're on a Saturday rotation this year for Christmas and and New Year's Day, which is awesome. Which is which is good. Yeah, it's it's definitely good. I mean, I think I think Friday is the best you can do, but Saturday is definitely a a, a close second on that. Um, and then you're going to get to you're going to get to Sunday next year, which isn't bad either uh but then you get then you get the the monday one Ooh, which like the but the tuesday one's the worst right Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday are the. Here, here's what I mean. T- that's why we factored those last uh, last Tuesday in our top five Tuesday when we ranked the uh, the holidays. That's true. That, that that's true. Tuesday and Wednesday on one on one way can stink, but on on another way to think about it, it just completely wipes out two weeks. <laughs> I mean, of productivity, right? Completely, because like you know, Christmas happens on right Wednesday, and it's like, okay, well, I guess two days of getting back to work, and then oh, it's Monday, but hey, it's New Year's Eve, and uh, it's always. But we we've been on a we've been on a solid rotation the last couple of years, and the crazy thing is, um, 
like all of the holidays, like Halloween fell on a Sunday, okay? And then the 4th of July fell on a Sunday as well. 4th of July, Halloween both fall on the same day as well. And so we've been getting weekends for those. We're moving into less desirable years for those. And it's been, the last two years have been good for that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, enjoy it here this year. Uh, All right, Caleb, let's think about, we we already talked a little bit about the Nebraska-Iowa game. I'm not going to, listen, by the way, I'm done, for the record, with the debates about what was or should have been done with the with the head coaching decision with keeping it like i can't i can't sit here and debate that all off the decision the decision was already made like, so I i've got nothing to I, I can't i mean the continual the continual taking that debate up after that game uh i just have no energy to do that right now especially after a loss like that um but what is interesting to me is how quickly news starts happening this week and mm-hmm. what it might be. You you commented to me, Caleb, that this is going to be a, even though the season's over, this is going to be a crazy week in terms of covering news around the program. I presume you say that because you expect an announcement about new coaching hires fairly shortly, but what else do you include in that uh, group of potential news we could be talking about well, very soon? I mean, obviously, like you said, first off, you've got the coaching hires. Um, if there are any coaches that have, uh, the coaches that are still here for those six assistants, um, mainly I'm thinking Eric Janander here, are there other opportunities out for folks? Does Are there head coaching opportunities for a guy like Eric Janander after he's had such a good year as a defensive coordinator? Those opportunities are out there. And that'll be part of the, the domino effect as you see like Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC. Now someone's got to fill the Oklahoma job, and mm-hmm. then yeah. you have it fill all the way down, and you got to fill all of those staffs, and people lose a job here, and then they go fill a staff there. So you've got all of the coaching news. But on the player front, you still have a few guys that have not announced their decisions on using that extra year of eligibility. Um, you've got whether or not guys are going to decide to transfer. Um, whether or not they were one of those COVID juniors, those upperclassmen guys, or if they're an underclassman guy. Um, you already had Savion Morrison running back. He's the only one who's left the program and entered the transfer portal. But today, because the season ended, you're going to start to see who's in the transfer portal ramp up across the country. You are also going to see, oh, someone's in the portal. Nebraska could use them. Because you know what next week is? Well, or uh, yeah, coming up, you've got the early signing period. That's here within the next two weeks. So you are going to be able to have guys enter the portal and within two weeks have their landing destination already out there. Yeah. Um, so for Nebraska, it's not only watching what coaches are going to be hired, it's do you retain, does the entire staff stick around? Who is going to make the decision to come back for one of those upperclassmen? Who is going to decide to transfer out? who might be making a commitment to transfer in. There's a lot still to happen over the next couple of weeks, even though there won't be football played for the University of Nebraska. What are the bi- who are the big question marks still in terms of existing players on the team coming back or not? What's, Damian, what's Daniels, still hanging out Damian Daniels and Adrian Martinez. Those two. Those are the two biggest ones, in my opinion. Because you had several guys walk, um, and those are two of the only ones to not have made um, like a formal announcement or really an indication on what they're doing. Now, I think Daniels would have some professional opportunities because he's such a big guy and he's so strong. Um, But that opportunity is still out there for him to come back. And obviously the Adrian Martinez one, what kind of 
fallout does that have if he does decide to come back or if he decides to call it a career or go somewhere else, whatever that is. And obviously, having that shoulder surgery muddies that decision a little bit, um, you would think, on, on what his options are. Mm-hmm. You also had, even though he was a, a sophomore, Wyatt Lever, um, he decided to, uh, he walked, um, so we'll see if he ends up making a decision because he could technically like be a grad transfer somewhere, even though it doesn't matter because you can get the one-time transfer um, rule anyway. So those those would be the ones there, Daniels and Martinez. And and you talk about then players coming in from the transfer portal. It's already been a very eventful couple of days for quarterbacks entering the transfer portal because you've got Ohio State's backup quarterback. Who is getting the, the seeing the seeing the what's going to happen there at Ohio State for the uh-huh. next couple of years? Uh, you got Dylan Gabriel from Central Florida, yeah, UCF who was, is in he, there. He was injured a bunch of this year, but he was pretty prolific when he was playing last year as well. I don't know now. Frost wouldn't have recruited him. That would have been after no, Frost. No, yeah, it was, it was just after him. So it would have been he would have been well, the hypo there. He, probably he, he may have recruited him, but he wasn't there when he signed. Okay. So, so he he may have already. I just had wonder him. if there's a connection. That's a really interesting one to me. So you've got those. Who knows what's going to happen with Oklahoma's quarterbacks now? Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Any all of their top recruits have decommitted. Well, since... e- even if you, even if Lincoln Riley stayed, you didn't know what was going to happen with Spencer Rattler. You right. know, yeah, because absolutely. Caleb Williams took the job. Now, Lincoln Riley is gone. Rattler lost the position to Caleb Williams. Do either or both of them leave? Right. What is going to happen? Because I think you are going to see an exodus from the University of Oklahoma. Um, I don't know who their coach is going to be. A lot of those guys loved playing for Lincoln Riley. Uh, you're going to get Bob Stoops come back and coach their bowl game, <laughs> um, whatever that's going to look like. Um, but you're going to have a lot of high-profile guys that want to go with Lincoln Riley. They want to, they'll go to USC and, and try to follow him there. Right, and you, you have a lot of their commitments. You you've got high profile guys from Southern California that are going. Oh no no, we'll decommit to OU and we're going to commit to USC. Yeah, which they can do. <laughs> I mean, so it's gonna. This is it, it, and we talk about it being a busy week for Husker football. But and you mentioned that exact thing with the coaching carousel. You've still got you've still got now Oklahoma, LSU, Virginia Tech, Washington, Florida field theirs. USC has filled theirs, but each oh, probably each of those is going to create another vacancy, mm-hmm. and this is going to be shifting spots for the better part of this next month here in in doing that, and then staffs and everything that goes in it, which which makes the timing of the offensive coordinator hire, you know, very interesting. Do, do you have that locked up already? You hope they do. Mm-hmm. You really hope they do, just because everything's going to be moving here right. for the next couple of weeks. Because if you don't get it locked up pretty quick, someone someone somewhere might take a job and say, I really want yeah. that guy, and we're going to go throw a bunch of cash because I need him to come with my staff. And they're going to have an administration that says, we're going to get you this because right now it is such an arms race for all of these coaches. Um this is one of the reasons that I'm kind of not that Nebraska couldn't go find a head coach, just get someone hired. But this is one of the reasons that I'm happy Nebraska's not doing a head coaching search right now. With all of the dominoes and how you're you're having people go all over the place, would that guy be able to bring in um, 
a full staff of guys that would really fit what he wants to do. So, yeah, you're still going to have the issues of can you get the coordinator you want and the assistance you want, but that's a little bit easier to do than fill out an entire staff and go look for a head coach right now with all of these vacancies, especially some of the high-profile ones. Yeah, uh, But I wouldn't be surprised if there is uh, some kind of an announcement today. I would say no. Yeah, coach. Uh, yeah. I they, really wouldn't be. If I, I, I would expect something this week, and in, uh, like like we said, but also early this week. If it's not today, tomorrow or Wednesday, because you got to get out in front of this. Because coaches are hitting the recruiting. You've got the signing day that's coming up. You have to let commits and recruits know who is going to be here. You have to let some of the players still on your team know who's going to be coaching them because they've got decisions to make. If they're if they're saying, hey, I don't know who's going to be coaching my position, I'm with that guy more than I'm with Frost. Right. If I don't know who is coaching my position and going to essentially be my coach, my my family away from home, this is my leader more than even more than what the head coach is. If I don't know who that is and I'm kind of interested in seeing what else is out there, I might hit the portal. Yeah. And I could be signed in two weeks somewhere else. Yeah. Absolutely. See, Lincoln Riley stood up. His uh, he was supposed to do his post game TV show, and he just didn't show up. Yeah, Dean Blevins was sitting there by himself for like three hours. Oh no, oh, <laughs> man! Yeah, some people upset about how he did that there. I'm not sure there's really a great way to do it. No, especially if right at that time you're finishing what all of your stuff is. Do you go on a TV show for a bit, knowing that you're leaving? Yeah. I will say this. They did it with Alvarez. Now they're doing it with Stoops. If you ever, I'm not saying I want a change, but if you're ever at a point where you need an interim coach, bring Osborne back just for old time's sake. Come on. Make it happen. Stop it. <laughs> be amazing. Stop it. 724. It's LNK Today <laughs> with Jack and Friends. 1499 KLIN. KLIN. Let's get it started with... Number five. Cases of the Omicron variant of the coronavirus popped up on opposite sides of the world over the weekend. Many governments rushing to close their borders. Those closings come as scientists warn it's unclear if the new variant is more alarming than others. It was actually identified days ago by researchers in South Africa. A lot still not known about it, including whether it's more contagious. Many countries, though, rush to act. That reflects the anxiety about anything that could prolong the pandemic that has already killed more than 5 million people. Israel outright barred entry to foreigners. Morocco suspending all incoming flights for two weeks. World Health Organization has called for borders to stay open. So, uh, the the truth of the matter with the, with this thing is we don't we don't know a ton still. Um, it very well could be another one of these variants that wasn't significantly different or or one that didn't spread uh, wasn't more severe at that point. But I, I think in the back of your mind, I think that's there's a part part of me at least that continually says, okay, the one thing that we don't need is that this thing keeps spreading and spreading around the world and mutates to the point that it finally gets one that is very resistant to the vaccines that we've got around the world. That to me is the the scenario I hope we don't ever don't ever deal with. Um, right. It's not looking like that's what this is the situation here from the from the early ones, but well, the early uh, indications are that it's not as virulent. Uh, it's not as um, doesn't cause the symptoms that other variants do. At least that's what South African researchers right. are saying. That's got to be confirmed. Uh, they believe it might be a little more contagious, transmissible, that type of thing. But again, that's got to be confirmed. 
Uh, so, but it does look like uh, some pretty severe reaction just to the new variant. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why, because that's like the it's what that's we don't the scenario. Know. That's the scenario that is the most concerning of any of them for me is that you've got a new strain that is more uh, resistant or completely resistant, whatever it looks like, uh, to to vaccines that exist, and it's like you're back at square one then. Well, uh, it's it's not unlike some of these variants of flu that, uh, and and even the flu vaccine uh, that they plan ahead for they for certain strains. They change up every year. Yeah. They change it up. But if they miss that, you can have a strain get through, and and it will do nearly as oh. much damage. So because, oh man, I'm tired of this. <laughs> Everyone is. <laughs> I mean, the the idea. Some people. I know some people see this news and they're like, oh, they just want you to be afraid again or they don't want, like, I do not, I have, I want this to be over so badly. <laughs> I want to quit talking about it. Either that or it becomes uh, uh, the norm, if you will. Right. That, and, and it becomes. Which has kind of uh, happened. Another, it's another disease that we've got to deal with yeah. and, and uh, we live with it and the consequences and try to do everything yeah. we can. To uh, keep it at bay. Yep. Uh, that, that that may be that may be the, the end story of this entire thing. Here. But the problem right now is the politicization, and I'm not sure I said that exactly correctly. But uh, you know, we, we're getting very nasty uh, politics involved in this, and uh, we want answers right now, and science isn't always able to provide immediate yep. answers on things like this. I agree with that. Moving on. Number four. Predictable. That seems to be a word that's garnered a little bit of uh, pushback, but some Nebraska players and coaches have put it both this season and after the loss to Iowa Saturday or Friday, 28-21. Coach Scott Frost said same movie. He also said same script. He also said it's kind of been death by paper cuts this year and the same thing happened today. Uh, Senior wideout Samori Toure said, quote, shot ourselves in the foot, end quote. Junior defensive back Cam Taylor Britt said, ongoing dream. And junior tight end Austin Allen, another punch in the face. Pretty much how I felt. Well, Pre- pretty much how I Honestly, I should have ended the article right there. That, there you go. <laughs> That's the way I would describe it to you. And I will tell you what, um, I. I love Nebraska football. I love football season. College football is my favorite sport. I could not be more ready for this season to end. I could not be ready, more ready to not go through another Saturday like this. And, and, and to feel like you're the kid who didn't get invited to the birthday party after all of it, too. It's like you had no fun. You always had hope just ripped away from you. And then the amazing day of college football that was yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I, I welcome the end of the season. Um, you know, I'm burnt out on the fan-on-fan constant debates and anger about keep Scott Frost or fire Scott Frost. Like, I just, I don't have the energy to engage in those anymore mm-hmm. at this point. It's like, what's done is done here now. So, like I said, I think it'll just be, it'd probably be healthy for the entire fan base, but I know for me specifically, it's just going to be a good thing to have some football-free weekends now at this point because... I can't. I can't do this emotionally anymore. Every single week. Well, and we, so we, we can terrible. watch. We can watch the rest of. We can watch these conference championship games. We can watch the college football playoff. We can watch the bowl games without it being. What does this mean for Nebraska? Yeah. You know. 
There was a uh, there was a caller on the uh, what is it, Big Red Re- Rewind or something like that? Big Red Reaction. Reaction. There was a caller that had an interesting question for uh, the crew uh, after the game, and that was: uh, Are the Nebraska fan base uh, more um, stuck on Scott Frost, the a superstar football player? And not giving him the the due as the head coach, you know, it's it's kind of they're 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 living in that world of superstar national champions, and a lot has changed since then. And he's got to have time as other head coaches who have been in situations to pull this out. I think I think most people are still separating player from coach. They recognize what he did as a player, and and obviously appreciate that. I don't think it's. Ne- it, it's a nice tie-in to when things were working, but I think there's most people are still able to separate Frost the player from Frost the coach because Frost the player was very successful, and when when folks got on him, it was because they lost a game. Now you're on coach or uh, Frost the coach, and it's because you've gone four straight years without making a bowl. Like I said, burnt out on that discussion. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't care. Uh, they need to start winning this year, and let's see what they do with the the roster and the coaching staff. Yeah, big, big week days. right here. Should, should expect uh, some announcements this week and in the next couple of weeks with that early signing period getting underway. Moving yeah, on and coaching changes in the uh, already in other schools. Yeah, mm-hmm. that Oklahoma one was a bomb yesterday, and that shook everything up. And who knows? It may have some more of those coming up today. I'm not going to LSU. Wink, wink. Oh, USC. Got it. Yeah, can you blame him? Right. Going from Oklahoma to, to Southern Cal. Oklahoma's about to go to the SEC. By the way, how does the SEC look in Texas and Oklahoma? Getting Texas and Oklahoma look now and after ne- the beginning of that. Neither of them and, made the. Think think about where Texas and Oklahoma were when you got to their Red River game, mm-hmm. and to where the season <laughs> ended for them. By the way, Nebraska's what third game of the year next year? Fourth game of the year? Oklahoma. Yep. It's the second of the first four games where you'll have a new coach leading the team uh, at this point. As uh, Clay Helton, speaking of USC, is going to be at Georgia Southern right? when Nebraska plays them. So. Yeah, it's just going to be uh, Scott Frost in Nebraska against Oklahoma and new head coach Eric Chenander. Yep. Oh, number three. No, stop that. You did not, that is not true, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Lee Enterprises newspaper chain adopted a poison pill plan to protect itself from a hostile takeover while it considers an unsolicited offer from hedge fund Alden Global Capital to buy Lee for $24 a share. That story hit last week. The plan would take effect if Alden gains control of more than 10% of Lee's stock in the next year. Uh, the Iowa-based company said the plan would allow its other shareholders to buy shares at a 50% discount at that point or possibly get free shares for every share they already own. Alden said last week he had owned more than 6% of the stock. The plan Lee adopted Wednesday would make it more expensive for Alden to acquire a controlling Uh, stake. And, of course, that is the the Lincoln Journal Star and a whole bunch of newspapers in the state. um, I never thought I'd say this, but come on, Lee. Sell that stock for the bottom dollar to the existing shareholders and keep them under 10%. Because I don't think that the, this uh, hedge fund having them would probably be a great thing for local journalism and a lot of our colleagues that are they're writing for the Lincoln Journal Star right now. So They acted quickly, I will yeah. say that. You know, you know what's interesting, Mark? It, I, I'd be curious what you think about this, but there seems to be more 
I know there's there's one local publication out there that's gone to a nonprofit model. I know there are some other around the country. There are some other. I believe there's a like a maybe Salt Lake City has a, their major news pop uh, paper that's gone to a nonprofit model. Is that the future? Do you think of of some of these media uh, media businesses? You know, I I really really don't know. Uh, I think you've got to take into consideration what your uh, clientele is, what the adverti- what the base of community support is for advertising supported uh, media. Uh, it's very critical. Uh, newspapers generally have had a have both a subscription base and an advertising base, um, and of course that subscription base has dramatically declined because a lot of people now want free information. <laughs> And the problem is, sourcing of that information is a little dubious in the world outside of traditional media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it's a it's a difficult business, especially for print moving into the online sector. It's a yes, it's a difficult it's, sector. It's, it's especially difficult to convert that subscription base to the online. Yes, yeah. That's especially, and and of course, quite frankly, the digital part part of it, digital advertising. Um, it's very difficult to uh, re- uh, actually show a return on investment on that, in spite of all the metrics that you can gain out I, of it. So somewhere you got to make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the businesses have to, the newspapers, the, mm-hmm. all of us, we all do. Yeah, uh, but I, but I'll continue to say I I hope for uh, just the sake of the community and and the state that these papers are not slash significantly in terms of their staffing i think they're i think they're important you know we've all got our beef sometimes with individual stories and and those sorts of things but i think on balance it's a it's a good important thing to have in the community even though i guess they'd technically be uh be a competitor of ours to some degree good competition is good for all of us yep agree Number two. Nebraska Volleyball has earned the 10 seed in the NCAA tournament. Host site for the first weekend. Oscars were given some love from the selection committee with their seed. Much of the decision making from the tournament involves the RPI rankings, which had Nebraska slated at number 13. Now, the Huskers will host Campbell Friday. Campbell's won the Big South Conference and have an overall record of 21-9 on the season. If the Huskers win, we'd play the winner of Kansas State, Florida State on Saturday. Now, Caleb, you said you liked the draw for Nebraska. Yeah. I thought I saw the seeds at the beginning, and I was like, "That's that did not that did not go well for Nebraska." But you like the overall draw? No, I, I, li- I like it overall. Now, if you were able to, uh, let's say. Just playing this, flip Nebraska and Purdue. I, I think that's an easier bracket yeah, overall. Got, I thought Purdue got a um, great job. Who Nebraska swept this year? But I do think Nebraska, matches. Nebraska has the the second easiest overall quadrant uh, when you when you look at the the four between there. You're you're avoiding all of the teams that you lost to. Um, over the course of the season, they're all on the left side of the bracket. Nebraska's on the right side. The only one on the right side with you is Utah, and you wouldn't see them until the Final Four. And it's kind of unlikely that you would see Utah anyway because they'd have to get by both uh, Purdue and Pitt. Um, maybe BYU Creighton's on that side as well. Could see Creighton in the Final Four. That could be um, interesting, uh, the fact that that's sitting out there. Uh, Creighton, by the way, playing Ole Miss. 
Caleb Banworth. Right. Former <laughs> so, Husker coach coming back to Omaha. So, so she'll be in Omaha this week. And Nebraska, I think I like where you are with, with this bracket because if you get to what would be the Elite Eight, you take on Craig Skinner in Kentucky, the defending national champions, but that's a former Nebraska John Cook assistant there as well. And you've got Texas on your side, and I, I like the way this bracket fills itself out to get to that Texas match in the regional finals um, because that, that that is something that there's a built-in rivalry there. And then think back to the spring with all of the social media and the way yeah. all of that was going. That was so weird yeah. um, to see kind of the, the shade happening there. But I think it gives Nebraska, and especially these seniors and the ones that you know aren't coming back, like Lawrence Stiffrens and Lexi Sun, a little bit something extra. I, I The way the bracket fell for the Huskers, I like it. I think John Cook has just been winding Lexi Sun up for that moment in that match. The, yes. The entire year he has been, like I said, playing 5D chess, mm-hmm. and he is, and it's it's all for that moment. Texas it, in the Final Four. It starts this Friday, 7 p.m. You'll be able to hear the game yep. here on KLIN. Give me a deep analysis of Campbell coming up in the next sportscast. Uh, absolutely. The, the Camels. The Camels. <laughs> Very good. All right. <laughs> Number one. Well, he has won an Oscar, but Matthew McConaughey says he won't be in the running for governor of Texas. For several months, he's flirted with the idea, but says he won't seek a career in politics at this moment. Instead, he says he'll support businesses and foundations and make it possible for others to succeed. Now, even with McConaughey out of the race, the battle will be the next governor of Texas, shaping up as one of the nation's highest-profile contests. That might challenge that statement just a little bit, but Republican Governor Greg Abbott seeking a third term. Democrat Robert Beto O'Rourke, who unsuccessfully ran for the U.S. Senate, and president is challenging him. You don't think it's high, high, highest profile? One of the highest profile contests? Um, it may be. I'm just not. Do you think Nebraska is bigger? I'm thinking we could have something happen in Nebraska that could make it as oh. interesting. In I, I just don't see. I don't see a roar putting up a huge challenge. Yeah, it's still Texas, right? It's Texas, and he's promised to take away guns, and that doesn't fly. In the Lone Star State. Matt McConaughey, though, I was so... All right, all right, all right. (laughs) First ever... uh, He'd have to give up his uh, Lincoln automobile commercials. Yeah, that's true. I imagine him coming out on the stage for the first debate with with Beto and Abbott, and he's got his shirt off. (laughs) Oh, gee. Hey, what's up? That, that would make it uh, highly contested. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. That is it for our morning drive. Those are the five things you're going to be talking about today. It is 755 and 40 degrees in the capital city. Take a break. Back after this on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499 KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Boy, Nebraska. Pinch yourselves. What a rally. The Huskers poured it on. It's 11-4 in the first. Think. 1499-3. KLIN. Welcome back. You hear that music, you know what it means. It's time to talk. Lincoln, Nebraska, news and politics and whatever else is going on with Tim Herza. 
Morning, Tim. How was Thanksgiving? Uh, it was good. Good. Good long weekend. Um, I was telling you this morning that we had the five-day break meltdown with the three-year-old. Oh, they got used to at staying day- home? Daycare <laughs> drop-off, yep. She wanted to ha- stay home and hang out with mom and dad. Uh, so Aww. my morning started very wonderfully. I had two tantrums, right? One leaving the house and then one at the everybody. door of the daycare. Uh, so. long, recovering from the long weekend and going back on a Monday, hard for everyone. Uh, and, but, plus, I know there's some school kids, my daughter included, they, they don't even have school today, so they got another day off yeah. here before they get going on, on. And then they got a PLC day tomorrow, so they got a short day tomorrow. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I wanted to start with this. We were we were discussing this off the air a little bit, because I think we'll have plenty of time to talk uh, elections and state politics and those sorts of things in the coming week. Uh, but I did see uh, there is a group... Uh, and a plan afoot to save the Pershing mural of all the 1950s people playing different sports that uh, has been up there for for years. Um, they've they've raised money for a feasibility study to move this thing. Okay, and they've contacted Lancaster Event Center, the Ag Society, Amy Dickerson, and and apparently there's some potential interest in relocating it to the Lancaster event center but it sounds like to do that you are looking at like a couple of million bucks to to move this thing yeah um so so i guess and the the city's not gonna city's not gonna uh throw that in the budget right oh no i I mean city's not gonna spend taxpayer funds on that and so (laughs) is there two million dollars to be had in this city to move that thing uh, that's an interesting ask. I mean, well, back up just a little bit. Like, the cost of moving it is one thing, but Pershing has... I've spent some time thinking about Pershing and what should be done with it uh, in my my various professional roles I just roles wish they slowed the down years. this um, whole process. It's moving so fast. I can't... Yeah. My head is spinning. Every time I walk by that building, I'm like, it's I a, cannot believe it's still standing I call there. it Project Warp Speed Part 2. Yeah, so... Uh, so uh, the the Pershing mural discussion I remember dating back to 2014 15 when I moved to Lincoln right and started kind of messing around in local and state politics and those sort of things and at, at that time um, you you were talking first of all the the library foundation the library board had just kind of started discussing the central library downtown there was considerable pushback from a lot of folks um, related to concerns over the costs of that and whether that's a valuable investment for a you know a full city block right you have a, you have a full city block of property right downtown two blocks south of the capitol on capitol mall that that connects the university in this in the capital and and there's a real question over whether or not and i think there's still a real question over whether or not a library is the right use right. of that sort of space. We're going to vote on that. <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, I don't. I, that that's still up in the air, isn't it? I mean, have they put it on the ballot? I, I, I've been waiting for that. I, I guess, and I don't know if the. City's... I guess I understood we were going to be voting on it next year at some. All point. right. Well, let's do it then. Um, I have not heard that. I guess, or I haven't not seen it. Maybe I just missed it entirely. But um, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd want to do that, I suppose, at this point. But we've been talking about that for six, seven years as to whether or not it should be a library. There's the the new plan is this you know, mixed-use type 
project, mm. which has brought to the, this conversation back to the forefront. But rewind f- five, six years ago now, and at that time, the the question of what would you do with the mural comes up, right? And the only reason it comes up, Jack, first of all, if you haven't walked by it, that is a full Again, full city block length mural Big that's mural. a couple of stories tall. It's like the, I mean, you and I were just talking about this off air. I think it's like the second largest mosaic mural in North America. So it's not, it's not, not historic, right? Or it's not, not like right. one of those priceless artifacts, right? I don't, I don't know what it's worth, but um, at that time it was a million bucks or something. A little over a million dollars was the estimate to remove it. It's been Remove hanging it there and transport it. Yeah, well, if it, you know, question if it could even come down at that point in time, uh, because there were studies dating later than that that it was kind of, it wasn't in great condition. Right, it might still fall not. apart or something right. when you do this. I mean, they're huge panels that are you know again two or three stories tall, hanging up in the air. Um, the question was whether or not you could even do it, and then second, where do you go with it? To the question of the Ag Society out there, the the Lancaster County Event Center. Is that a right place for? I mean, I think there's a basketball player on that thing, maybe a volleyball player. It's like uh, some old timey wrestlers on it. Wrestlers, yes, there are wrestlers on it. I forget, like, but it's it's a mosaic from the what? Not, when was it done? It's got to be the forties. It looks the fifties to me. Uh, so it's you know. I, the art is what it is, but the question is, like, does it fit out there for historic purposes? That's a place to put it. I don't know. But even out there, that would be huge, right? Like, consider it. That is a large place, but it's that's very, like, where what are you, you going to do? Put, hanging on the back it? of the rodeo grandstand, right? Yeah, it doesn't feel like a fit. Put it on the side of the building. It's It's got to be as tall as, like, some of those... So some of those freestanding metal buildings that they have out there. I guess that's a fine place for it. I mean, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know where a better fit is exactly. If it doesn't really fit. Feel the aesthetic of like the Pinnacle Bank Arena. But even even out there, right, or anywhere else for that matter, not on the side of a large downtown building. You put that thing at ground level, like where people are. Walk- it's huge. It's huge. It's stories tall, like two two or three stories tall. Um, thirty eight foot by one hundred forty foot by, by oh, <laughs> thirty eight by one hundred forty. So uh, I assume, yeah, one hundred and forty feet is a yeah. Uh. If it's imp- listen, okay, if it is important to to people who either have memories associated with it or or just appreciate the uniqueness of the art, I hope they're able to do it. I, I, I mean, I hope they're able to do it. I, if they put it, if it ends up at the event center, that's great. I just, uh, you know, for me, I don't necessarily have the. Uh, and I'm kind of a sentimental guy about old things in Lincoln. <laughs> you might yeah, notice, if, given how often I talk about them. But if this thing happens, it's, it's going to be private dollars. It's gonna, it'll be interesting, interesting to see kind of what the they're going to do a test, right? Of they're going to do like a, a four foot by four foot square. Of it, it will be interesting to see what comes out of that. But I have a feeling it's going to be lots of but money. They, they can't go inside to do anything because there's stuff falling off the ceiling there. <laughs> That's a whole different. That's conversation, like a safety right? issue. Like the the I just the general state of. Pershing uh, and the condition it's in. I would, I run, I run downtown sometimes, and so I'll run by that building, and you just kind of wonder, like, what's inside, it, right? Like you, when you have to go in there right now. A, I think there's a parking garage under there or something, and I've never been inside Pershing ever. Like, what? so, so you know, I didn't grow up in Lincoln. I wasn't down here. Like, I have no memory of what. Caleb that played building, basketball there. No memory of what that building. Yeah, the asbestos like. was falling from the roof while we played. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I have, I have no context for like when people talk about Pershing. Like that's just a giant building that takes up a whole block for me. But I've run by and there's like this this ramp down the back that goes down to I think the parking garage, right? I think there's parking under there or something. Um, but I you you run by there and. It's completely abandoned. Like there's, you can see kind of in the windows. Like there's spots where you know things are hanging down or whatever. I just want. I would love to walk through that building and see you what think it's like. There's like Thunderdome of animals going on in there. <laughs> That's or something. I, like is the, is the raccoon population the coyotes and like <laughs> the, coyote, the coyotes and the raccoon? Is there a whole is there a whole social order of animals is it, is that's it been the, developed? The in United there? Nations of urban animal wildlife. <laughs> The coyotes of Southeast Lincoln and the foxes and, the, and the raccoons have their... There's a bunch of people on the text line is saying uh, uh, PBA. Uh, Sam says, how about somewhere by PBA? It fits more than chocolate candy. <laughs> <laughs> Our rich candy-making history. Uh, like, the I, I don't, is there a big enough place for it there, though? I don't think so. Like I on the inside? I mean, uh, 140 feet is what is just shy of 50 yards. It's half a football field in length um, by by. 38 feet high is what three and a half stories or something like that yeah. approximately that's huge <laughs> I did, that you gotta huge. have someplace huge that that's is all so the event center is probably the only place that they have buildings you can that are... maybe hang it on like a, the outside of one of those parking garages right like along the train tracks or something like why don't they recreate or could they could you recreate it i know would you, you want it though right it's a 1950s mosaic tile mural uh, I, like vi- for me visually and again I typically am sentimental about this stuff, but it's just not all art is. Oh man, <laughs> Jack's trying to politely say he doesn't like it. It can go away. There's certain art in the city that I don't, you know, is not my cup of tea. For example, the terrifying heads in the Haymarket that are white and black. Okay, those things scare me. Sure. Okay. Okay. D- terrify me. They're nightmare fuel. Don't love that. The mural for me. I get why you would save it because of the 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 historical value and the fact that it's whatever North America's biggest <laughs> ceramic. Yeah, yeah. Because who's gonna? Thing. The other question, like if you were if you were picking art to, I mean, who's doing a full of a hundred and forty foot long mural out of ceramic tile? Dave says, wait, wait. Dave says, why not just leave the wall and integrate it into the new structure, kind of like what they did at Memorial Stadium. There, there was a discussion on that before, and actually, I think one of there's a rendering out there. I don't, I don't there. trust that wall. This is this is I'm digging deep in my memories from six years ago or so. Uh, there is a rendering out there from one of the proposals for the for the library thing back when um, the the prior administration was there and was seeking proposals. And I re- I vividly remember seeing kind of putting a glass facade up that would cover that mural, and then you could see part of it. The big question, though, too, is. Will it fall apart if you try to move it? You can't yes. build around it, right? You're yes. gonna, that building has to come down, right? Caleb mentioned the asbestos. This asbestos is like, I mean, it's going to cost us like two or three million dollars just to tear the building down. So you got to take the panels, the mural down first, restore it, and then put it back up inside of whatever you're going to mm-hmm. do. That's not easy. But I, I have seen a picture or a rendering, I think. I have an idea. I have to dig for that later. I have an idea what to do with it. Okay. If you can, if you can do this. Could you put it into the ground? And then walk on it? Yeah. Bury it in the street? 
but be, have it be visible from space, basically? <laughs> have you or seen, any flight that goes over, put it in the have TV you, you've seen that, You've seen that bar top stuff, the, the, yeah. the epoxy bar top that you like pour over it? We just put it on the ground and then, and then cover it and that put stuff. Put it somewhere where it's visible from my penthouse of the new lead place apartments <laughs> so I can enjoy can it. hang it on that. Let's hang it on that building. So you, at the top, you can see it. Put it on top of that building. You can see it from the stadium. Well, they got that scaffolding up at the Capitol right now. They probably could get something. By the way, I know you're in the Capitol. That scaffolding is terrifying. All right, speaking of terrifying things, are there people on that? Oh, yeah. Do you see people on it? No, I don't. It's oh, very, very high up. I don't know. I've never seen anybody. I'm sure they're up there, though. Oh, my gosh. They're taking tiles off that thing right now. The gold tile or whatever, I think, is all coming down. They're fixing the cracks in the dome and all that stuff. If you are if you got to go to work today and they're like, all right, where am I assigned for my construction job today? Uh, oh, well, let's see, Jimmy. I got you on the top of the Capitol. <laughs> but that's, that's, a, that's a good example. There's tile work up there. That's that's millions of dollars in repairs that are going into that capital dome, and you spend it, right? No question. That is, this is the state capital, but but for a nineteen fifties style mosaic, I don't know. So well, look, if Tim's saying the city should save it, I think I think Tim wants your taxpayer dollars to pay for that. If you can, if you can raise the money to do it, go for it. And if you can find a place to put it, I'm interested. I am. I have no. I have no objection to it. I just don't know that I, I want to see it prominently hanging across from PBA or like. I just don't, I don't think it fits know. at the event center. Out, it's you need to add some horse rope into it or something then or. There is here's the thing out, boots. out Maybe there, there out there there is nothing like it. There's nothing like it out there. Like you'd have to it would be it would be massive. Wait. It would stand out. It would not what if, what it if, would not like just blend in like oh here's this piece of art, right? What if we projected in the sky like the bat signal? <laughs> <laughs> I no longer think you understand what this mosaic is. <laughs> Like a beacon to the entire Midwest. <laughs> a, a billboard on I-80 that says, as you drive. hey, does that town have 1950s-style wrestling? <laughs> well, I'm in. <laughs> is there some wrestling and basketball nearby? <laughs> All right. Somebody, can somebody direct me to the wrestling and basketball Just matches? follow the sky uh, mosaic. All right. <laughs> The sky zay. We talked about that for a long time. Yeah, we did. Well, it's an interesting thing. We'll, we'll uh, pick it up again next week. Have a good one, Tim. Thank you. 824, you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. All right, it's time to talk to Dirk. You know, Dirk, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I allowed myself to, this ha- to have this happen. I don't know why it happened. I don't know how I haven't learned anything this year, but... I and you probably saw my tweets at the time. I texted my wife at one point. I texted the uh, the it's happening gift from the office. Like I had fully <laughs> mentally prepared myself that I almost got in my head that it was over, that Nebraska was going to win. And I don't know how I couldn't have learned at this point that it's always possible. Uh, Jack, it, it would not be the Thanksgiving season, if we didn't have to live, personally live, Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know how it was. Can it we, felt can different. Can we just take time out for a second, 
just a second before you get into your negativity and wallow in it. Uh, can, can we focus on the fact that there was a fan base, well-connected, almost a sibling fan base, you might say, that was far more miserable than Nebraska yesterday. And I feel like we should take some sense of satisfaction in knowing that Oklahoma not only lost to Oklahoma State Saturday night, which had to hurt badly, yeah. uh, but then they lost their head coach yesterday. It was fun to focus on someone else's Agreed. misery for once, even if, even if it's just for a short amount of time. I, oh, I couldn't agree more. I always say the 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 best cure for being a miserable fan is cheer for the misery of others. Um, and I, <laughs> I've become very good at that, to be honest. It's become one of my specialties. And add on to that, add on to that, that uh, they're, they're going to have a lot of uh, recruits decommitting. I don't know if they're necessarily going to Nebraska, but who knows. And they also play Nebraska next year. And they're going to have a, uh, uh, a kind of a rebuilding situation there, most likely, in Oklahoma. Which, yeah. who knows? You don't take anything for granted, but we'll take anything we can get at this point. I'm picturing uh, you know Nebraska fans sort of lording over everyone else that, aha, you have to make a coaching change. You have to go through a coaching search. And their rebuttal being something like, uh, you should probably be going through a coaching search too but oh, hey man. nebraska is not uh they are they are setting ncaa records for for close losses which is clearly a sign that you are ready for a breakout season so uh you know hey i read it in a dirt chatlin column that it is <laughs> I, I mean i read a column talked about georgia tech one year and, and notre dame one year and, and, and yeah, all these that, things, so. that reminds me i gotta update that i i have to go back and now that it's over i need to find out if nebraska was indeed the uh the unluckiest, unluckiest team, team in uh, the history of college football. Uh, there's no question in, in, in my mind. There's no this question. Is the re- this is the reason that one gets into sports journalism, Jack, <laughs> uh, to, to spend hours upon hours in geeky databases uh, covering a three and nine team to find out if they are if they are spectacular in the history of college football. So when the, all this Oklahoma stuff was happening yesterday, and the USC stuff, there was a moment. Now I've been on record, and I've been I've been especially beaten up for it by when I go on Omaha radio and, and talk about this. That I was okay staying with Frost. There were there were a variety of reasons. I thought neither call was particularly an easy one or a great one, but I wanted to stay with it. That said, there was this tiniest tinge yesterday. Of like jealousy of just the chaos and the trying to figure everything and moving all the pieces of coaching season. If Nebraska were in the coaching market right now, just hypothetically, I'm curious, who do you think we'd be talking about? What do you think we'd be talking about? How would this whole Oklahoma thing have you ever even just taken a while to imagine what that might have been like? Yes. Uh because in part because I thought it was you know, it was a real possibility. Um, let, let's first acknowledge something that if if Alberts had waited until the end of Iowa to make a decision, can you imagine how much more complicated that decision would have been? I mean, in some ways it was just an extension of, of things that we'd already seen, right. but that was such a devastating loss on Friday that I, I think – there would have been a lot more public pressure, I think, to make a change. Uh, and I'm not saying that he would have, but yeah. but I think, um, you know, this is one of the lessons of, of making coaching changes or attainments in in this market is you sort of choose your end point, right? Like if you want to keep a guy, you wait for uh, a good result, and, and you basically announce it the next day that he's coming back or vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. if a guy has a really bad game and you want to get rid of him, 
jump out ahead of it and fire him in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, It would have been interesting to sort of go back to the old way and actually wait for the end of the season because I think it, I think it would have been more complicated than it was after Ohio State. To get to your question, uh, where would Nebraska have fit in? I think it would have been uh, quite a ways down the pecking order, and I mean that's that's fairly obvious at this point. Um, and you know, I think they're they probably would have been in the market for uh, you know like Dave Clawson or at Wake Forest, um, somebody like that. And I don't even know if, if someone like that would have said yes because. You know, the thing that Nebraska is, is running into, the school's all over running into, and Nebraska will eventually, uh, the next time it makes a coaching search, is that, you know, everybody has money now to keep their coaches happy. Uh, that you can't really money whip people like you used to be able to do. Um, and I think the Big Ten, you know, gives Nebraska greater resources than than other conferences, but it's not really life-changing money for these guys. I mean, it's it's the difference between, you know, $4 million a year or, or 5 or 6 Um So I think Nebraska would have been in a tough spot. That's not to say that they, would, that they won't be next year if they have to make a coaching change, but I think this, this carousel, this cycle, uh, would have been especially difficult for Nebraska to stand out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I was just thinking about what names would be popping up. Like there would be people who would be throwing out the the hail mary of of Lane Kiffin, and uh, probably Lance Leipold no. in Kansas would probably get mentioned, but he's only been there years. So, uh, you know, Jack, I, I think Leipold. If if this goes poorly next year, and I don't think this response is going to get a lot of positive feedback, uh, but but if Leipold, if he can can continue the progress down there. I think there would be an argument for a guy like that who could sort of lift Nebraska, you know, back to respectability, or at least in terms of maximizing what it has. Uh, Leipold is is a program builder, uh, and Nebraska might be in the mood for some program building next year if this doesn't go well. So mm-hmm. uh, th- that would not be a big name, but I think it would be an interesting fit, you know, depending on how next fall goes. Hey, you wrote your column about not sort of. Um, I don't. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'll, I'll let you explain it with your answer. But it was just not leaning on or, or touting the close but no cigar mentality. Uh, and I don't know. Has that really happened? Like, what is that? Where is that happening that it needs to stop? Would you say? I mean, I get it. I pointed out because it's the only thing I've got to say that isn't negative at all. Um, but it certainly by no means, you know, means. I'm happy with the season. I think that's where most people are. What what specifically do you think needs to stop about that before you take another step? Well, I think it's been a very common, you know, phrase out of Scott Frost's mouth. Um, and I don't think, you know, <laughs> it's one thing to say it after one loss. You know, we were really close to beating Michigan State or Michigan. Uh, I don't think it's it's necessarily constructive to keep saying it over and over and over again. Um, when when the mistakes that you're making are clearly so systemic that they are creating those close losses, and they are you know again part of the fabric of the program at this point. So so you know when I hear Scott Frost say over and over and over, you know we're so close, we're so close, we're going to get this thing over the hump. Um, it just feels like wishful thinking to me. I'm not responding so much to Jack Mitchell's commentary about mm-hmm. that. I'm responding to, to Scott Frost. Gotcha. Um, and, and I think, I think you know, I do think it sort of it reduces the urgency to get some of those things corrected. Um, I think it's just human nature 
that when you think you're so close, uh, you sort of continue on the same path. Um, and I think it's, it would be more helpful to Nebraska at this point, you know, to look at itself as a three and nine team, uh, to, to consider that it, that it has a long way to go, not a short way to go. Uh, and that, that the things that are getting you beat in those close games are in fact really big things. Uh, and I think Nebraska has taken the attitude, you know, generally that those are small things that are getting them beat. And I, and I would argue that, you know, something like the block punt against Iowa is in fact a big thing. Yeah. Um, and, and it was interesting. It looked like it, there, there have been, uh, people who have been looking back on that on uh, Twitter and it sounds, it looks like they had the blocking set up for, the the wrong footed punter. It, you know, it was interesting because Cerny came out, and I noticed that because Pristep kicked earlier in the game, and then Cerny had come out. Caleb, what was going on there? Cerny exactly? was inserted to punt immediately after the punt was blocked. So they replaced him, as you see happen with running backs, and um, you get milk cartoned if they if the coaching staff thinks that it was a mistake. So I believe they, they blamed it on Pristup for having the punt blocked, and Cherney was out to punt immediately after that. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, so, so Pristup punted up until that point. Okay, well, whatever. It looked like they were set up for a left, a left-footed kicker at at one point. So no, Cherney yeah, was Cherney was Cherney was. What you're punt. referring to is is that you know typically Nebraska, um, and and this is really well documented on on an online thread right now. That's sort of the Sabruder tape of of the Nebraska punt block, uh, where where essentially Nebraska had the shield set up. For the wrong punter, right? For Cherney yeah, instead they, of Pristep, Caleb. Yeah, a, they have a right, you know, a right-footed punter and a left-footed punter, and they, and they had it set up for for the right-footed punter uh, when the left-footed punter was actually in the game. So, Which, by the way, uh, is like the biggest the biggest thing argument ever for a special teams dedicated <laughs> coach, right? It is. It is. Um, you know, it's it, it'd be like in baseball if you had the if you had the defensive shift. In the wrong direction, um, you know. It's like, uh, wait a second. There's a right-handed batter up at, at, at the plate. Why are there three infielders uh, between first base and second base? Uh, but but no, it's it's that type of thing that I think Nebraska is just consistently, um, you know, messing up. And, and those are the things that that good opposing coaching staffs, you know, are really going to seize on. And it's, it's obviously not just, I was having this conversation yesterday with somebody. It's not just that Nebraska gets into a tight game and thinks, oh gosh, what's going to happen next? Um, it's also that the opponent gets into a tight game and knows that Nebraska is going to make a mistake. Uh, and, and the sense of confidence and assurance that that gives an opponent like Iowa that has been, you know, kicking Nebraska in close games for a long time now. I mean, just think what that does for you going into the fourth quarter of a game at Memorial Stadium when you're down by 12 or 15 points, and yet you still have a, a supreme sense of confidence because you know that Nebraska has proven that it's going to find a way to lose a game. I mean, I think it's it's that in combination with Nebraska's own mental midgetry uh, that makes it really tough to perform in the clutch. and And that's you know, you can just cross your fingers and hope that that stuff gets worked out, Jack, that you find a way to win a game and then that produces another win and another win. Or you can really 
kind of get down to the wiring of the whole operation uh, and, and you know, take a, a more serious look at it. And I think that's the thing that, that bothers me right now is it feels like Nebraska is just kind of crossing their fingers and hoping. Um, and, and I don't necessarily think that's the way that gets fixed. Um, switching gears a little bit real quick to basketball. Do you think, do you think Nebraska's still got a long way to, uh, a long way till they get to their ceiling of, of what this team could be compared to what you've, you've seen this year? I hope your answer is yes, but I don't really know. <laughs> Are we? Are we? Is this the point in the segment at which we start? We analyze the South Dakota win. Is that what we're doing? Right hey, now? listen. It was. It was. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll take anything at this point. It was good. It was better than expected, and that's that well, doesn't feel like it happens very often. It's really interesting the way this schedule was was created because Nebraska just totally front loaded it with with the bye game mm-hmm. um, in a way that they normally don't. Um, you know, it was one of those deals where like every two days they were playing a directional school and you're like, wait a second. I thought, I thought they played Southern the other night. No, it's no, that's tonight. <laughs> um, but you know, they're going to jump on the fire now. I mean, it's, it's going to get real serious, real fast. And I think the hope is that some of the lessons that they learned, not only against Creighton, uh, but also in, in several of these victories, uh, will help them. I think, you know, Alonzo Verge getting a little bit of cold water, you know, the first couple weeks of the season might help. And, and the hope is that Nebraska has, has realized that they need to take rebounding more seriously. And, uh, all these little things that you, you front load a schedule with easy games for, uh, that needs to pay off here in the next two or three weeks. I mean, they play five power five opponents in a row. Um, and, and it's just going to be really fascinating to see if Nebraska has, has learned anything from the first couple weeks of the season. So, um, you know, they're obviously a little shorthanded. They've, uh, they got to find a way to start making more threes. Um, yeah. but, but I, you know, I, I, it's, this is where kind of the, the rubber meets the road and, and it's obviously going to start, you know, Wednesday night at North Carolina state. Yeah. And if they win that, I'm totally back in. And then, uh, listen, they are way due for a game where they shoot about 68% from three-point range. Um, and so I'm waiting for that. That's, that, that's going to happen at some point. They're going to beat somebody because of that, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, now, Jack, just let, let me yes. point something out. They host Michigan a week from tomorrow night. I know. You know which, is, which is not typically, you know, I think we're all still getting used to this idea that, you know, conference play in early December right. and especially with fans in the building. It's weird. I mean, if they can find a way to play well, the next two games at North Carolina state and at Indiana, if they could win one of those, mm-hmm. uh, in the, the atmosphere in the building next Tuesday oh, night, here we go. Will be, I mean, I, I hate to go down that road, but it's, it's true. Here I mean, it, it, it could be a really fun atmosphere for the first time. I mean, you could say Creighton was fun, but Nebraska was kind of behind the whole game. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that, that hope would be renewed a little bit. So, uh, you know, I know you will be there. Uh, it's an early start, which helps your bedtime. That's you know, true. I, I think Michigan next Tuesday night could be a lot of fun. Has anyone in Gretna slept after the uh, the improbable state title after starting out the state tournament down 14-0 to a Lincoln East team they looked hapless against? Yeah, well, I think the the hapless was was all part of the plan. Uh, uh, just trying to create a little bit of adversity for for uh, a team that geez. frankly has to has to artificially create its own because opponents don't create much for it. So uh, no, that was. 
I mean, Jack, you got to admit, when it comes to a state championship drama, uh, a goal line stand in the last 30 seconds of a game, uh, albeit one that Westside helped helped with by some suspect clock management, uh, that was about as, as interesting as it gets for a Class A state championship game. Yeah. No, no ab- absolutely. It was, let, it me, was let me ask you, when Lincoln East won its uh, recent state championship, what, what are your great memories of that? <laughs> Well, the the girls cross country team. I remember them flying through the course, um, just just burning burning down the grass in Kearney or wherever it was. It was great. So. Do you think of this Gretna State Championship sort of like the Golden State Warriors? You know, uh, Curry Draymond Green one uh, that that you're just kind of wondering, oh my gosh, how many are they going to have after this? No, I don't at all. I haven't at all. <laughs> I don't. Not one little bit. I, uh, hey, by the way, we're, we'll see you Saturday 11th. We'll be there for basketball. Okay? So we'll see you there. Hey, wasn't it wasn't it weird to root for Michigan on Saturday? Yes, it was. was very strange. And it's going to be not, weird to do it again next Saturday. And we're, yeah. now i got to do it next Saturday, too. Two in a row. <laughs> yes. That was a strange feeling. I, I don't typically uh, root for Michigan, but no. it was hard not to on Saturday. I agree. All right, Dirk. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good okay, day. Take care. Good. Dirk Chatlin from the Omaha World Herald. 8 hey, 5 We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com.